Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's right, baby. It's here. Jets week is upon us. We are in the throes of a game, dare I say, Andy Hart and Six Rings and Football Things listenership that is a must-win or bordering on must-win for both AFC East rivals, teams, franchises. I mean, as far as week three matchups go in any NFL season, let alone this one particularly, they don't get much huger. That's right, everyone. It is the Six Rings and Football Things Week 3 2023 Preview Pod with your old pals, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart, brought to you by WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. On today's episode, we will get you set, locked, cocked, and loaded for Pats at Jets at Jet Life Stadium Sunday at 1 p.m. We'll also have our FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week. And at the tail end of the podcast, we'll have Andy's interview and fireside chat with our pal from Boston Sports Journal, Mike Giardi, taped at the stadium this week. And don't forget, coming up tomorrow or the day after or whenever you catch up to it in your feed, we'll have our Behind Enemy Lines preview with Brandon Tierney, of WFAN, our sister station down in New York. All right, Andy, I'm just going to start the pod right here. We know the game right now, Sunday, 1 p.m., Patriots 0-2, Jets 1-1, Zach versus Mac number four, I believe this is on the whole. I believe Zach Wilson missed one of those games since Michael McCorkle, Mac Jones, took over as QB1 for the NEP. Patriots have won the last 14 in a row. They are somehow a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over the Jets, I'll ask you this, Andy. Pats, Jets, who needs it more? Uh, your New England Patriots absolutely need it more. And I do find it interesting that for the second time in a little over two-week span, the rivalry between New York and Boston is for last place in the division. Red Sox-Yankees, <laughs> last place on the line. Um, Jets-Patriots, last place on the line in the AFC East. But I think, you know, must win is the uh, cliche version of it. I call it can't lose. Because I think both these teams have the ability very much to lose football games, and they need to not do that. The quarterbacks need to not do that, not lose it for their teams. But from a Patriots perspective, I think they're teetering. I really do think they're teetering 
uh, mentally, emotionally, motivationally. You know, a lot has been made this week. I made something post-game about Matt Judon coming to the podium and saying, whoa, 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 before we start, this is not a bad football team. And I raised the question, hey, Matt, who said it was a bad football team? Seems like you're fighting a straw man in your head or that's coming from inside the walls of your brain. A presumptive narrative because he's he's basically trying to get out ahead of what he believes people will say, print, or discuss in that, well, if the Patriots lost two games to start the season, both games were at home, each was a one-score game, each somehow miraculously became a, we got a first down in the last minute in enemy territory and oh wait upon further review it wasn't a catch or it wasn't a lateral or it was a lateral it just wasn't a first down with forward progress I mean everything points to yeah we should be better than what we are and we want you guys to think we're better than we are but if you're oh and two and you're headed towards a matchup against one of the better defenses in football isn't there a chance people might be saying after Sunday the Pats are kind of a bad football team absolutely and you are, you know, the old Parcells. He coached both these teams. He started the border war. He ignited it. Um, mm -hmm. You are what your record says you are. And, you know, I, I, there, there's the double-edged sword of the close losses. There's that mm -hmm. whole moral victory Monday, then just another effing loss Tuesday. And all, however you feel and go through those uh, degrees of disappointment. But I, I said this to Tom Curran on TV, like, the, he said, the wins are there. If you just play a little better, you know, make plays it. Yeah, that's the NFL. The wins are there. Like, the wins are there. A lot of games are decided by a score, by a play in the fourth quarter. And when you win those, you're good. You're the Patriots mm -hmm. for 20 years. When you lose those, you're the Jets. You you Jets it up. You find a way to Jet. You do all those little Jet puns people like to do. So is patsing it up the new Jetsing it up? Yeah, I, I mean, close is great, but close is the NFL, close is football. I mean, the Patriots won six Super Bowls on being close, and if they don't make a play, then are they not good? Like, that fine line between winning and losing in professional football is legitimate. So you go 0-3 to the Jets, and now you got the Cowboys. Like, and suddenly the schedule looks more difficult. Oh, maybe the Saints aren't so bad. And, uh, you know, the those Raiders. I asked you the very, very thing this week on one of the many different podcasts. And listen, if anyone isn't subscribing to Breaking Boston, we had some excellent Six Rings and Patriots adjacent chats over there on the referendum slash debate on Mac Jones. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he the man? Is he him? Is he not? We also discussed Christian Gonzalez as maybe the best draft pick for Grow and Belichick in his ascending stardom following Tyreek Hill's compliments in the loss to the Dolphins as well. I asked you this week, Andy, I think maybe it was on the, the previous six rings. Show me on the schedule the easy win for the Patriots. Show me the guaranteed dubs. Like, you used to be able to roll. First of all, we rolled out of bed in August, and we were like, all right, I'll see you at the AFC Championship and save me a spot on the parade route. Now it's, hey, uh, where's the win? Where's the easy? I can't. There aren't any. The Colts I know the they're thing. improving. I know there are the signs of progress. I know they shouldn't technically be as bad as their record indicates, but also show me the win. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I'm not even sure they're improving. Like, they're fine. They're competitive to open the year. I don't know how much improvement I've seen, and we can talk about the offensive line getting healthy. Yeah, because then once the offensive line is healthy, you can realize it's not that good. You won't be able to blame it on injuries anymore. You'll just blame it on inability. And I saw some tape on Calvin Anderson, by the way. Whoa, my God. Do not go back. You know, we're, Andy, like late September, which means pretty soon. You know, the fest beers in the Oktoberfest give in to the pumpkin spice season. Next thing you know, we're watching horror movies because it's Halloween. 
I'll tell you, the scariest movie you could watch right now is the All-22 on Pat's Dolphins because when you watch <laughs> what the Pat's offensive line was doing last weekend, my God. I mean, did they all just suit up for the first time Thursday? Well, no, but a couple weeks ago, they just suited yeah. up for the first time. I know. Um, and, and that's yeah. the scary thing because don't worry, they have a uh, get right week against the Jets. The Jets front is yeah, nothing to worry about. Nothing. Sure nothing. 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 nothing to go bad there. Um, and I wanted to touch on it with you. I touched on it a little bit in our sister podcast on Six Rings and Cadillac Crucial Clashes. Um, this idea that they need to work harder. Mac is putting it on work and sort of Bentley's putting it on work. And I think that's fine. I gave them credit. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster in his comments where he said it's frustrating, in fact, because we are working, because we do put in the time. And I find it very interesting that he's a first-year Patriot coming from a Super Bowl champion. So he knows what work is. He knows what work got done in Kansas City a year ago with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and led to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And he's mm -hmm. like, well, we're working pretty hard. That's why, that's why I'm frustrated because we're working hard and we're not getting anything off of it. Well, guess what? If you're working hard and putting in the time, then it points to one singular thing. You don't have the horses. You're good enough. You have, yeah. You don't have the guys. Like you don't have right. and the the ability to make plays with the game on the line is indeed an ability. Like the whole Derek Jeter clutch factor, Mac Jones, oh, the first drive, the second drive, that's on me against the Eagles, those types of things. That's that's talent. Like don't discount the the fact that nobody on this team, and I will say nobody, maybe you can push back, has really done that has been there, done that, been the guy to say, oh, it's money time. When five, eight years ago, people will say Brady, F Brady, forget Brady. Hold on, hold on. Forget Brady. You know who else been there, done that, did that? James White, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman. Like you had guys to count on right now. Offensively, I yes. I don't care whether you want to point the fit. Well, that's where you win games. It, most mm -hmm. of the time is offensively. You have to score. You have to come back. You have to make it. You have to keep the ball. There are. So if I tell you that the Matthew Slater's and the David Andrews is, is and Lawrence guys have been there and done that. They don't, yeah, I, I know. It's what I'm saying. Like the, they're the only ones I can center. point to. They're not going to change the temperature of the game. Like, oh, man. Keister with your center. Wow. Look at that ram block from David Andrews. That right, really do it. Heel block really turn the tides of that game. Like, no, he's a very good football player, but there is nobody. That has the championship continuity to bring. No, I don't care about championships. F the championships. I'm talking about has proven the ability with four minutes to go to say, screw you guys. Money we time. For 54, 56 minutes. We're winning the goddamn game today. This game, oh. week two, week one. Nobody has proven the, not born, not Juju Smith-Schuster, not Devontae Parker, not love him, God bless him, makes plays, Hunter Henry. None mm -hmm. of these guys. No, there's no guy. I, I, asked you last I asked you last Sunday on the post-game show. I asked you again this week on the pod. I even asked Rich Keefe um, on the nighttime program. Rich, Andy, audience, everybody. Somebody tell me who's the guy who is going to see the Patriots down by two, three, four, seven, and say, no, F this, we're winning today. Get on my back. I'll be the one that makes the difference. I He's want not to say there. Ramondre Stevenson. I want to say Ramondre Stevenson. Well, feel free to say it. Two yards a carry, so I can't yeah, say 2.8 yards a carry. No, you can't. And, and I think he actually even kind of tried to do it in the Eagles game with his pass catching, yards after mm -hmm. catch. Yeah, that one play, like the double spin move, like, 
I think he wants to do it. I think he wants to be a closer. But, but it's once people start freelancing and trying to do a little too much, Andy, when they don't, quote, do their job and they don't stay in their lane and they try to do multiple jobs, that's when mistakes get made. That's when stupid laterals get made. That's when oh, crap starts not, hitting the fan. you hear Mac Jones? We're done talking about last year. Okay, cool. There's Just been no you know. stupid laterals this year. There was a, a, a the pretty good, necessary lateral. The very necessary. <laughs> oh, my God. The coal lateral damage of week two continues oh, no, to spill everywhere. Uh, that's oh, an oh, excellent That's excellent wordplay. Don't you say that. It's a, excellent wordplay. Stop it. That is Patriot-level wordplay. Good, but not good enough. Yep. Good. Not terrible. That's not, not, not terrible, but not great. There you go. That's exactly what you can look forward to. Each and every week, multiple times a week on Six Rings and Football Things. Of course, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. And uh, I wish it was make every moment score because the Patriots don't do enough of that. All right, Andy, I want to get to a couple questions as we preview the game itself. Less the referendum on the Patriots season on the whole. I agree with you. The Patriots do need this more than the Jets. Although I got to tell you, from having listened on Wednesday, I had to drive into New York City. So I didn't even have to use the Odyssey app to listen to. Uh, our friends, our sister station, WFAN, I listened to the Midday Show, uh, where Brandon Tierney is, and he'll be joining us to do the Behind Enemy Line segment. They are fired up for this game. Whoa, Nelly, they are. And they see a Patriots team that is vulnerable. It's a little bit wounded. I know they say that every year, and it's always, this is the year we reverse the trend. This is the year we get Belichick, blah, 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 blah. They're feeling it right now, and... I, I can't point to any one thing there to say like, yeah, no, they got this going for them. Uh, you know, like Garrett, I mean, they do have some guys. They don't have the the experience, but they have the talent. Brees Hall looks like he, like what ACL injury? Garrett Wilson, he looks terrific. Like they, they've got a good receiving core, but they also have a massive void at the quarterback position, which makes me wonder if they're going to let Zach Wilson even attempt more than 15 passes on Sunday. But uh, let's go quickly. Before we get into our bet of the week and our score preview, I just want to do like a little one of those classic uh, unit versus units, if you will. Let's just run through who's got the advantage. Quarterback. We're comparing units? We are. Quarterback. I don't think I measure up. <laughs> All right. Oh, quarterback. Uh, give me Mac Jones. Yeah, Absolutely. that's a pretty easy one. Yeah, Running game. Blowout. I know. that's that should It should be a blowout. And yes, he is playing much better. Zach Wilson uh, still can't get out of his own way. Didn't play as poorly as the stat line shows last week, but at the same time, still did throw interceptions. Three of them, that is, in Big D. Uh, yeah, Mac Jones and a landslide. The running game. Well, I mean, look, look, real quick, Mac Jones has thrown interceptions that have lost Next his is, team the game in two weeks. Both true. times. See? See? Again, the debate rages on. But Mac oh. Jones, definitely greater than sign Zach. Mac over, Mac over Zach. The running game. Uh, I think you have to go with the Jets. Both teams' offensive lines are not great. Our issues are works in progress, however you want to uh, manipulate the uh, description of it. But Brees Hall has been explosive, even though he's coming off the injury. And sorry, Ramondre Stevenson has not been explosive. I think it should be Ramondre Stevenson and the Patriots. Mm -hmm. But against that defensive front, I got to give the advantage to the Jets. And Dalvin Cook, even though he had the ball stripped out of his hands last week, he and Zeke each have humble. I think he had a tad more explosive or game-changing than Ezekiel Elliott. I said it that way because that's about how fast he runs these days. All right, let's go wide receiver core. Wide receiver. Uh, let's go wide receivers and tight ends. Wide receivers and tight ends. 
I'm going to go with the Jets because I think they have the best player on the field. And I think this is yet another week where your lack of an elite weapon um, is so noticeable, is so comparative. Like, oh, my God, they have an elite young receiver. Why don't we get players like that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Should have drafted Zay Flowers, blah, 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 blah. Um, And the Patriots just haven't played well at receiver. As I said, I think it's a massive commentary on their team and their position that people are all fired up about Booty and Demario Douglas and you can't bench Douglas and all these like you're counting on sixth round rookies to carry your receiver position. That is a sad state of affairs. So give me Garrett Wilson and the Jets. Yeah, D-Mac and Rodney Harrison were both displeased with Belichick's decision to sit Pop Douglas. Uh, I th- I would say inarguably the most explosive, quickest, fastest guy the Pats have on offense, like you said, which is quite the indictment of where they are talent-wise. And lest we forget also this week, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the defensive rookie of the year last year for the New York Jets, said about the Patriots' offense, quote, they don't really have a complex offense. It's pretty simple for the quarterback to get the gap scheme. Everything is really simple. La... Could that come back to bite him in the ass? Could that be bulletin board material? And do the Patriots have enough weapons to make him pay for it? No. Nope. All right, great. The Pats have the better tight ends. Better receivers are in the Jets, so I'll go with you. If we're going to lump the pass catchers into a group, advantage Jetropolitans. Uh, let's go defensive line. Defensive line, oh, that would that would yeah. be the Jets. Okay, that would, that would we don't even need to. Now, how about the secondary? Um, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. Uh, was it Whitehead, uh, Jordan Whitehead, the safety who had three picks against Josh Allen week one versus Gonzo. Jonathan Jones is back. Excellent safety group for the Patriots. I think this one's a wash. The, the, tie. the, you might go tie and it's certainly you're getting, um, a groundswell of positivity for Gonzalez. Tyreek Hill praising him. We're all watching the development of a true number one corner, best rookie corner, best rookie in football, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'll give it to the Patriots by a not, but that, by a that whisker. Yeah. And I don't think you'll get exposed in this matchup, which is good. You're not going to get exposed by Zach Wilson and the, and the jets passing attack, mm-hmm. but I still have concerns about the depth. I still have concerns about the coverage. Um, you know, it's a little thing, but the way they manipulated to get Tyreek Hill on Kyle Duggar last week mm-hmm. and they score an easy touchdown off of it. I don't think coverage is a strength of Duggar and Jabril Peppers. We've seen kind of the 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 not removal, but Jalen Mills and Adrian Phillips are afterthoughts players in this secondary. Yeah, right they're now. not playing playing as much as I thought they would. And geez nope. Louise, how about putting Mills back in at cornerback? I mean you're even right. poor Miles Bryant out there on an island last week against the Dolphins. And while ultimately it didn't end up costing them greatly, at the same time, he got a little exposed dish. Yeah. I, I think both of these secondaries have holes. Both of mm-hmm. them have high end players. So there's kind of a blending. I don't know. It's close. You might just want to give the nod like I did to the Jets at receiver because they have the best player. Sauce Gardner is the best player, not having the best start to the year. Um, which is concerning because you don't want to be the game where he, you know, really hits his stride and has a couple picks and gets dominant and gets talky and gets cocky and get all those things. So uh, it's close. It's close for both. Mm-hmm. Special teams. I'm going to go Patriots. Say, yeah, I would say Pats too. I, I mean, mean, we, I we haven't seen Ryland's one for one on field goals. It was a 49 yarder. Plenty of leg was drifting a little bit towards the end, but that's all right. It was outdoors, Foxborough, nighttime, la la. As far, uh, Greg, the leg is a little dinged up for the Jets. So yep. they got, there's that. Bryce Seabird Barringer looks terrific. 
I, I think one of the matchups sneaky in this game is Siebert versus Ryland. No one will talk about it. It's boring. But that's what we're a, here for. That's why you come to six rings for Siebert versus Ryland talk, bro. You're going to, it sounds like UFC 275, Siebert, Siebert versus Ryland. I just think it's going to be a rock fight. Field goals are going to matter. You have mm -hmm. two kickers trying to prove themselves. Assuming it's Siebert. I, I actually didn't check if if um, it is him, but I, I'm assuming it Siebert. is. Terrible. Uh, they have a good, no, it's not. Hi, Bert. Siebert. Uh, Thomas Morstead, quality punter for the Jets, but the leg goes to Barringer. This could be a big game. Like, it, you, it could literally come down to Barringer trying to pin the Jets at the seven and Zach getting out over his skis, trying to throw a pass, getting yeah. Duggars picking it off at the seam at the 35, and the Patriots, you know, drive the ball nine yards, and Ryland tries to attempt a game-winning field goal. Like, the every inch is going to matter in this game. In this game. Phew. Uh, glad you said. I qualify. Game. Stop it. Well, we were measuring Family podcast. you're saying every inch matters. Yes. Just, yes. Um, and Unit, when Stone, it comes down to units, inches matter. That's true. Um, Marcus Jones did not practice with that shoulder injury. So you that may not sucks. have the chance of him to have a game winning, um, uh, punt return or anything like that. Will we game. see Ty Montgomery likely on kickoffs? I imagine. So who's going to be the one will pop Douglas be fielding punts. And is Probably. that necessarily, do you want to expose five foot eight, all 170 pounds of him? What, what are we doing here? Are we putting that guy in bubble wrap. He doesn't play in the preseason. He can't return punts. I mean, that's the job. Get your ass out there and do it. If you get hurt, you get hurt. And the name of the punt returner who had that electrifying end of game return, Gibson, I want to say. Yes, Xavier Gibson, who was like, yep. he was like player 53 for the Jets, had that charming hard knocks moment. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. He's a good, he's a good returner. I'd say special oh, yeah. teams, could edge Patriots, but it definitely could decide the game. Lastly, coaching. Come on. Did don't, we lose the internet? Don't, don't you dare. Bill Belichick. Yeah, come on now. Robert Sala. I mean, he had a chance, like, embrace them all. I, I love when the coaches try to be all demure and, oh, you know, it's just take it one practice at a time. When, you know, it's just another, you know, it's an AFC matchup. You know, it's, you know, all division games are tough, Phil. No. You know what you can do? Let everybody know that you want your team to rise to the occasion and embrace the moment. Yeah, this is big. Yeah, we effed up. Yeah, we S the bed. Yeah, we're 0-2. Yeah, we need to win this game. Yeah, it's the Jets. Yeah, I'm GD mad. Yeah, I want my team to respond with, you know, great passion and furious anger. We need to get out there and kick this other team's ass and get back on the winning track as opposed to. And then Robert Sala trying to do the same thing. Well, you know, they're Patriots, you know, you know, they're always very good. And, you know, it's just it's not it's no different than any other game for us. Bull hootie, bull crapola. This is huge for both of you. We're talking it up. The radio's talking it up. The fans know it is. Don't try to sell us this bill of goods that it's just another Sunday. Come on, get out of here with that crap. That's Bush League coaches. This is not the Bush League. It's the National Football League. It's the back Actually, end. Actually, sometimes it's the it's, uh, we may Bush. see some Bush League football on Sunday. Maybe a moment like early in the third where we're like, oh, God, let's just get down to the game-winning field goal already. We'll see how it goes. All right, Andy, let's get, uh, speaking of which, before we get to our predictions, it is time once again for the FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week six ring style. Of course, if you would like to get, just put down $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets, visit fanduel.com slash six rings. That's fanduel.com slash six rings. 
Each and every week, Andy and I offer not one, but two bets on the game. It could be a propositional. It could be a pick against the spread. It could be an over-under. It could be a player prop. Who knows? So many different options. That's the joy of fan dueling. Andy, I'll let you get underway first. So my, I, I, I like picking the game, just the general straight by the spread game every week. Uh, I'm 2-0 and in that nature, uh, unfortunately, picking the opponent. Uh, I am going to go with... The Patriots minus two and a half. I think it's going to be a rock fight, low scoring. Uh, I'll lay those points. If it were three and a half, I'd be scared to death, but it's Patriots minus two and a half. I am healthy. I am fine. I am picking. Yeah, I was going to say, do I need to order a wellness check in Isle of Heart over the, did you just pick the Patriots? Objectivity. It's very simple. I think they are the team less likely to lose because Zach Wilson is more likely to lose. So therefore, you can look Mm -hmm. at it as I'm picking the Patriots or I can look at it as I'm picking against the Jets. And that's probably Ah. a little bit of it here. So Patriots Mm -hmm. minus two and a half. I feel good about that. Go get your first win and go do it. I like the Pats minus two and a half as well. I see this as a bit of a field goal game, as we have intimated previously in this little preview portion of the Six Rings pod. Uh, Anything else you'd like to sprinkle in there, Andy? Absolutely. A fun one. Or All right. Actually, Give me a fun one. I love, everyone kind of everyone a loves a fun one. one. It's a fun bet, but part of a not fun game. Uh, at plus 190, Patriots punt on their first possession and Jets punt on their first possession. So we open the game with a pair of punts. Hold on a second. Ring. Hello. Would I like some free money? Yes, I would. Thank you so much for calling. Plus 190, Patriots and Jets to both punt on their first drive. Thanks, Uncle Andy. Yep. Love it. All right, uh, I'll get to mine real quick right here, Andy. Uh, they're two under bets. I also like Patriots minus two and a half as well. Like I said, field goal game. Uh, but uh, at minus 115, give me under the total of first half points overall at 18 and a half. This definitely has nine, six, six, three, ten, six written all over it. These traditionally are not high scoring games, nope. except for last year when the Patriots went into a prevent defense and took a pick from Zach, then let him throw a touchdown, then took a pick, let him throw. I see it nip and tuck, tooth and nail all the way. And then also, I like Patriots total points under 19 and a half because if you haven't noticed, they've been averaging 18 and a half points per game on the season overall, and this is a damn good defense. That's at minus 108. So there's two other propositionals you guys may want to jump on right there. And he's got the Patriots minus two and a half, and he likes plus 190. Pats and Jets to each lead off with a punt. I like under total first half points overall, 18 and a half. And the Patriots total points under 19 and a half. You're welcome. As always brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash six rings to take advantage of their fabulous offer and bonus now. All right, Andy, final score. What do you got? Uh, All of the under talk, the punting talk, the turnover, I think it's all accurate. Uh, Maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe this will end up a 38-35 shootout where it's some coming out party for Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. That would be fun. I would love to talk about that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the defensive line for the Jets is a problem for the Patriots. I think the quarterback of the Jets is a problem for the Jets, and therefore Mm -hmm. I think scoring will be down. Um, I'm going to say the Patriots are just the better, cleaner team. I think they're fixating. Mac is fixating on not turning the ball over, not digging a hole, all of those things they've talked about. So I think the Patriots go on the road, get the win. I said earlier in the week I'm going to stick with it. 17 to six, somewhere in that range where 
Once they get in the red zone, they've been able to score. Wow. So they, that little problem they've had in sort of just plus 50, but getting into the red zone, clean that up a couple times, score a couple touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson has a good, well-balanced game. I'm going to say 70 yards rushing and 70 yards receiving for Ramondre Stevenson. Wouldn't that Patriots, be nice? 17-6. I have. You ready for this one? It'll sound similar. It's not the old-time obnoxious New York chant, but I've got 19-16. Patriots win. How about this? Two touchdowns and a field goal for the Jets. However, they miss an extra point. The game is tied up all the way. A late Zach Wilson interception snagged by Christian Gonzalez leads to Mac Jones driving the Patriots all the way to like the 29-yard line from 46 yards out. As time expires, Ryland, the kick is up. It's good, and the Patriots get their first win of the season. Unicorn show ponies. There's your beef. And Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens field positive calls. And joy in the hearts and mouths of Pats fans all three plus hours long on the Six Rings postgame show Sunday. I it's going to be a thoroughly entertaining game. The weather looks like it's actually going to clear up. It'll be overcast. The rains should wash away all the pains of previous jet losses. They've lost 14 straight to their big brothers in the AFC East. Will the Patriots run it to 15 straight? Will Zach Wilson be the lesser QB on Sunday and once again a drag on the Jets. Can Matt get it together and not turn the ball over Sunday? Will Ramondre emerge? Is Christian Gonzalez the best young player on the Patriots? Is he going to be the best cornerback on the field on Sunday? Andy, so many questions, such compelling content. Make sure you listen to WEEI NFL Sunday 10 to 1 and, of course, the Six Rings postgame show afterwards. And thank you, FanDuel, for sponsoring us once again. And now to wrap up this fabulous preview pod, Andy, we throw it to a conversation you had at the stadium this week with our guy, Mike Giardi, an excellent chat talking Patriots, NFL, the matchup, and so much more. Don't forget, tune in. Coming up shortly, we'll also have Behind Enemy Lines with Brandon Tierney from WFAN. And, of course, the uh, uh, Cadlix. It's always tough to say. I'm still not in rhythm on this one. Cadlix Crucial Clashes. The yes. matchups that our beat writer, Mike Cadlick, would like to highlight is hosted by Andy Hart. It's all available in the Six Rings and Football Things feed. We wish you a good day. God bless. Go Patriots. And now, Andy and Giotti, previously recorded from Gillette. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Joining me now at Gillette Stadium from the Boston Sports Journal, friend of the Six Rings podcast, goes way back with Fitzy and Hart, Mike Giardi. Uh, Michael, how are you? I am fine, Andy. How are you? 
So we are kicking off. I know it's week three, but let's be honest. I don't have the greatest work ethic in the world, and I'm just getting to Gillette Stadium. We're kicking off what we hope will be weekly chats with various beat writers from around the Boston market, websites, papers, radio, whatever it may be. And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is something I posted. I don't know if you saw on Twitter because you're not very uh, good at following me and keeping up with my uh, social media expertise. Posted a question, a simple question I thought on Twitter for a poll yesterday. After two weeks... How do you feel about Patriots quarterback Mac Jones? I gave three options because I effed up and there should have been four, I'm, I realize now. So the three options I gave before I let you answer are better, worse, the same. I should have broken the same into the same, never liked him, or the same, still have hope. A positive and a negative same probably should have been in there. But surprisingly, over 50% feel better about their New England Patriots quarterback. So Mike Giardi? How do you feel about Mac Jones after two weeks? Andy, I voted in said poll. Yeah, you just slandered me, and it's false. Uh, And I voted better. Um, I think it's kind of what we had hoped for when they hired Bill O'Brien. I think you're seeing much more of the Mac we saw as a rookie than the guy we saw in his second year. I think you're seeing answers that he didn't have last year from the uh, the hammerheads that were calling plays. and there's a more comfort, I think, with him. I think there's more confidence. Like, I, I know he's been down after the losses, but I, whatever. I, I don't know why that's a problem. Like, I would be down, too. I, you, you play to win the game, as Herm Edwards once said. So, I do. I feel, I feel uh, significantly better about where he's at and where he's headed as we go forward. Okay, so you feel better, which is good. I'm glad you feel better. I look out for you. I like your well-being. Um, but you have a coach who is has a losing record post Tom Brady. You have a quarterback who has a losing career record after that loss. You have two games in which I feel like you can feel better, and I agree with that. I actually would say I feel marginally better. I think the voting sort of showed that. I think Bill O'Brien, just all of that. It's not the dysfunction. It's not the poop show that we saw last year. It's not good enough. You're 0-2. And I think in the evaluation of Mac Jones, everybody is right right now. Everybody has like a leg to stand on. If you hate him and you say his arm is weak or you hate him and say he never seems to make the play he needs to with the game on the line, I think he even agrees with that based on the way he reacted to that Eagles loss when the defense got him the ball twice, down a score, did nothing. Same thing this week. You have the ball back, game on the line, fourth downs. And I know these have been kicking the nut plays scripted by this stupid marketing campaign of the National Football League. Oh, we'll have a guard get a first down and then replay will say he didn't. Where is the evolution going? So that that's my next question. Like, I feel like you've gotten back. Last year, you weren't in the blocks. You weren't at the starting line. You're back to the starting line. But that's not good enough. You're 0-2. And I know 0-2 doesn't mean you stink because Joe Burrow's 0-2 and, and Justin Herbert's 0-2 and, and Russell Wilson's 0 Well, maybe Russell Wilson stinks now. I don't know. But at least two good young quarterbacks are 0-2 with you. It's great to feel better. But don't you now need to be better to actually win games, to not lose games? But doesn't this – see, to, to me, I, I don't know how you feel, but to me this still comes around to the talent that's around him. And as we saw on Sunday night and actually to a certain degree in the opener, the ability to make explosive plays just isn't there. I said you they have to be so fine that it's too fine. And people are like, I'm like, look, it was late. It was 2 a.m. when I wrote that. But, like, I think if you think about it for a second, like, everything has to be perfect. 
They have to scheme it up perfectly. They have to block it perfectly. Um, there has to be enough time in the pocket. The throw has to be right in the, the, the tiniest of windows because they don't separate. The one guy that does separate ends up getting benched because he fumbled the football, even though he didn't get benched, according to you know the coaching staff here. Um, so that, to me, is the big thing. And you watch Tua. I don't think Tua's great. I'm not even sure Tua's good. He, he might be pretty good, like – sort of where I put Mac as a rookie. Like, I think there are definite limitations to him. I don't think his arm strength is that great. I don't think he – some people are talking about him playing off schedule. I don't think he plays great off schedule. Like, what are we talking about? Um, but he has Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddell. He has Raheem Mostert. Uh, somehow, even though their offensive line's a disaster and didn't have their left tackle, they're ripping you for big gains because they have a coach who everything that they've done there – has been for the quarterback. And whether, again, whether you believe the quarterback can be great, I don't believe he can be great. But they gave him Tyreek Hill. They drafted Jalen Waddell. They went out and signed Teron Armstead, even though he hasn't played thus far this year. Um, They built things around him to make him look. They've propped him up. Patriots haven't done that. The Patriots have put, I mean, Max thrown, what, 90-something times in the first two games? They haven't propped him up. They put him in terrible spots uh, with the people that he has around him. And... You're competitive, but like you said, competitive is not good enough. You got to start winning some of these games. So you mentioned it; he's thrown the ball a ton. I believe he leads the NFL in attempts and completions. I believe he's six in yards. Um, so he's numerically up there now. Standings or something else. I want to pull in something that I used in my ranking the roster column a couple of years ago that seemed to draw a lot of criticism from fans when I had Nick Folk as the second best player on the roster. Hey, by the way, Nick Folk still looks good. Um, the idea that judging a person and comparing him to his teammates based on his ability to do his job, his singular, whatever you ask him to do. Mac Jones is doing his job at whatever level people perceive. That's, I, I don't, anyone can have their opinion. But my question would be, if the offensive line and the wide receivers and the tight ends and the running backs were doing their job at the same level that Mac Jones is doing his right now through two weeks of the season, would you at least have one win and maybe two? No. I don't like that answer. Try again. No, because you're not as talented as those two teams that you played. There, there's, a, there's a talent gap there, and even though I think you have you got better, I think you're more talented this year than you were last year or even the year before, that there's still a gap between you and the other guys. Like, you don't have anyone like Tyreek Hill. That just, like, petrifies you. The Patriots play petrified of Tyreek Hill. As they should. Eh. He's scary. He he is scary, but then they gave— Ask the Chargers. But then they gave everybody else opportunities to gas you, and guess what? They they did. Well, you can't allow the Mostert run. If you're going to play that way, you can't allow the Mostert 43-yard touchdown run. That's the way I look at it. You knew you were going to allow ground yards if you put three safeties 20 yards from the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's just the reality. You're going to give up yards on the ground because I also think you have questions at linebacker and some other spots. But you can't give up that backbreaker of a run, in my opinion. But I don't really fault them for fearing Tyreek Hill. And they didn't let him beat him, so they checked off that box, right? Who cares that they checked off the box? They didn't win the game. It and they, hello, you play. Well, right. That's my so great. You you stopped Tyreek Hill. I'm sure they're wicked happy here. Like, oh, our our great plan held him to five catches and forty yards. He still scored a touchdown when you when he got a mismatch on you. Oh, by the way, their coach is good. Oh right. Like so, 
And River Craycraft is catching 22-yard passes on you in big spots. Um, Jalen Waddle ran a, a, a go route in which he gave the quarterback five yards from the sidelines, unlike Devontae Parker, who got his contract extension, who immediately got pushed to the sidelines within 10 yards of his route. And while Mac Jones threw a terrible ball, that was a terrible route. Um, so, like, I think both of them get <laughs> L's on that one. I just – I don't – I feel like in both cases – the opposing team toyed with you a little bit. 16 nothing. the Eagles said, we immediately throttled down. You all of a sudden, 16 to 14, second half, they, sh- they, they, they punch you right in the mouth. They go right down on the field on you. I know it ended up in a field goal, but like they exerted their will on you again. It was like, okay, we got a little bit of a game here, but this is what we can do. And I, the Dolphins, same thing. It's like we sit there and we look at the end of the game and you say, well, they had the ball. They were at the 29. They, Cole had the first down. It's like, uh, was it really that close, though? Did you really feel like you were in the game? They, you got opportunities um, in, in part because the Dolphins, I mean, the, the field goal attempt from Sanders that he missed that gave you the great field position. They're going for it on fourth down if Tua doesn't freaking fumble the snap, which he did, like, what, four times in the game? Again, he's just okay. He's fine. But, like, I just I can't, I can't sort of get past the, the idea that they almost played like a little cotton mouse game with you. And when they needed to, they made plays. Okay, so a couple things. First of all, careful with the shots at two. I have found over the last week plus that Dolphins fans are the biggest bitches on the planet. Uh, and I truly believe it comes from a place of insecurity. I think deep down in places they don't talk about at parties, they have doubts about their quarterback. Um, so I think there's that. And then the, the reevaluation that we bring to Mac. If we take the same standard to the team... I don't care whether you projected this team to have six wins, seven wins, ten wins, eleven wins. You're super high on them like Curran that thought after 0-1 they were going to go 3-1. and Oh, he's jumped ship finally? He's realized that 3-1 and was never real after 0-1? Um, don't you have to lower – I mean, I got to think most people that thought they were going to win eight, nine, ten games thought they might handle their business against the Dolphins at home, right? Yeah. That was a winnable game. And I think you may need to reevaluate what you think of this team. Now, there's others, and, you know, Matt Judon, we're not a bad team. Nope, no one said you were. I believe in the National Football League, and you used to check these numbers. You had all those high, fancy fluting. Um, like, a lot of games go down to one score. There's a really lot of games that are decided by a score. You lose those, you're not a good team. You win those, you're a good team. That says you're a good team. In the record, the Par- Parcellian evaluation, you're a good team. So, you're right. It's a tease. They're like, they are hanging, but... You're also digging a hole. Just like you're digging holes in games, you're digging a hole in the first quarter of the season. And I wrote this the other day. Like, I love the cliches, like, because I think they're so true. Like, you can't win a game early. You can't win a season early. But you can lose one. You can dig a hole that you can't get out of either in the season or the game. Are you reevaluating what you thought this football team can be, will be, would be talent-wise and course of the season, what, what they're going to kind of turn into? I mean, I had them at 8-9. and nine. So now you should have them at 7 and 10. Yeah, but then I, I figured – so what I had when I did it was I had them splitting with Miami and I had them splitting with the Jets. I don't, I don't think you lose to Zach Wilson. I, so, like, I think – You sure? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not Isn't this going to be a lose-off? Which team's going to try to lose it and doesn't? Like, I, I really believe – my feeling – like, we talk about must-win games. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a must-win game. It's a can't-lose game. Don't F it up. You can't be the one who, Mac Jones, who throws a pick for the third straight week. That that pick changed both games. The first one, they scored. The second one, you didn't. 
Both those games could be different if you don't throw those picks. And those are bad throws, bad plays, bad decisions, bad everything by him. To me, that's what the, like, which third-year quarterback who's questionable is going to F it up? Because one of them, I think, is going to F it up, and we're going to be talking about it next week. But one team is going to put a lot on their quarterback. The Patriots have to put a lot on their quarterback right now because there is no sign of a running game either. And maybe that changes this week, although, again, uh, even though the, the Cowboys uh, did whatever they wanted, you're not the Cowboys. You don't have that same type of personnel. Um, I also look at it, too, as, uh, you know, you need to win your own, too. So, in theory, you're more desperate than they are. But they got embarrassed. And that defense, you know, DJ Reed was talking about they're the 85 Bears, and then they gave up whatever, however many points to Dallas. And Dallas, like I said, did whatever they wanted to. You don't think they're getting their manhood challenged? Like, I mean, read some of the headlines in New York. Already they're sort of challenging them. But behind closed doors, I mean, Salah's a defensive guy. That there's – there's going to be a lot on them. Like, okay, guys, you know what the limitations we have at quarterback. You just played a crap game. This is a get-right game for us. Go go out there and shut him down. Hold him to one touchdown. Make him kick field goals, whatever whatever it is. So, like, there's there's that push and pull, too, of, like, who's the more desperate team here? I think they're both in a, in a weird spot. I'm pretty sure the Patriots' offensive line will be part of the story against the Jets, or probably for the rest of the season. It's been all summer, all offseason. Failure to address it with any significant moves. Uh, the one thing I want to push back against, though, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. You like to do that. I believe you say Andrew on Twitter, uh, which adds you to the, my list of my wife and my mother who use that. <laughs> um, so everybody's like, oh, and the offensive line gets healthy. Didn't? Wasn't four-fifths of the starting offensive line on the field for the bulk of the game against the Miami Dolphins? You're without Trent Brown, who has since tweaked his contract, and I no longer know whether that's a hold-in, whether he was truly concussed. I'm not accusing. I'm just throwing stuff out there because I feel like he's a player where you can be safe throwing stuff out there because sometimes it's worthy. Um, But regardless of that, you had Cole Strange, you had David Andrews, you had Mike Onwenu, and you had Calvin Anderson, who I think the worst thing that's going to happen to Calvin Anderson is when everybody else gets healthy and starts paying attention to Calvin Anderson um, because I think you're going to see you have a journeyman practice squad right tackle. But what is the upside of the offensive line? Like when they're Trent Brown back out there, when he wants to be, that's good news for you. Is that the five-man group, or are we going to see a bump change with City So getting in there? Antonio Maffi, is he going to be in the – like, what is the healthy five-man line that is going to fix everything that ails this offense? I mean, from left to right, you've got Trent. You've got Cole, who I think, as the game went on, Cole got better. Good short-yarded runner. <laughs> yes, David Andrews. Mike Nguyenu, again, he had a lot of rust on him, didn't finish the game. And then right tackle's a, a gigantic question mark. Bumfest is a hobo <laughs> fight is what Fitzy, I love, likes calling it. I mean, Vidarian Lowe, I actually thought wasn't bad at left tackle, so I'm wondering if Vidarian Lowe is your right tackle this week and Calvin Anderson becomes your your swing tackle in this moment. Um, and again, I don't know that Vidarian Lowe is the answer. He just might be the, the temporary solution until you've – whatever. And Riley Reef comes back. Maybe you go back to that. Maybe City So again. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what the answer is there. But can you be better offensively if those four guys are – clicking and seeing it through one set of eyes as Dante always told us and the fifth guy is just whatever I think you can probably make that work and in if you just look at the division it could end up being still maybe possibly if they're healthy the best 
group in the division, which is, I know, which isn't saying much for the division. I guess maybe the Bills, because it looks like Deion Dawkins might have his game back a little bit at left tackle for them. But I don't know. I mean, and again, I don't know. What does that give you? What does that – maybe it allows you to run the ball a little bit better, which then introduces – I know people say you can run play action all the time even, but they don't want Mac to turn his back on anyone right now. So maybe that invites a little bit more play action. And maybe you can create some more explosives, even though you don't have the most explosive guys on the outside. Okay, so sticking with the reevaluation theme, there's three guys I want to talk about that were three of my favorites in the summer. The fourth would be James Robinson, and he's apparently out of football. Um, but these three guys that I was um, very high on, very much intrigued by coming into the season, I think one has lived up to the hype. Ironically, he's the youngest of the group. And two, I think, have not lived up to the hype in the two-game totality. So Christian Gonzalez, loved him in the summer, faded, I thought, a little bit in August, and now September looks like he's what I expected, a number one corner, a competitive rookie, You've needed him to be your number one, and he's lived up to that. Two veterans, Kendrick Bourne, big first game, couple touchdowns. There's no efficiency in his game. His catches are like less than 50% in terms of targets, which I think is concerning, something that bears monitoring. And I just don't see the spark. Like He's supposed to be your playmaker, and I thought it was glaringly obvious when you see guys like Waddle and Hill running motions or different things like, oh, yeah, that's what a real one looks like. And then the third guy is, you mentioned the running game. I don't think Ramondre Stevenson on the ground has been very good. I think he's pitter-pattered. Now, maybe we blame some of that on the offensive line. There's no confidence. He's trying to find holes instead of hit holes. But he had a bunch of short yardage runs, second and ones, third and ones, where blow through the line, get your one yard. I don't need five. Now we move the chains. Uh-oh, now it's third and one. Now we try a terrible toss. Now it's a tackle for a lot. Like, I think Ramondre Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne have not been good enough to help Mac in the midst of everything else. So give me your just sort of quick evaluation on those three um, key contributors or failures. Gonzalez doesn't look out of place at all. He's super smooth. It's a coverage guy. Uh, you know, he, whatever, as a run guy, I mean, there were a couple of times he was exposed a bit in the run game. I, I don't really care about that. Like, you brought a guy in here to cover, and so far so good. Uh, I, and I just like his overall demeanor. I think the guys have talked about that quite a bit, just a level of calm in his play. Um Number two was who was number two? Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick, yeah. Well, look, I mean, I don't want to go back to it, but I. I uh oh. Oh, but I just they're, they're all of the, their receivers are professional receivers. They belong on a football team, but they're all out of whack here. There, there are no ones. I don't think there's twos. If he's a three, okay. But like you said, there's a dependence on him. I mean, I had a chance to make a really that was a really good throw from Mac down the sidelines. And he put one hand out for it. I do think his other hand was restricted. Oh, you have to look at the replay. Man. I did. Hands on the chest. P.I. No. No. P.I. He, he had the chance to use the other arm. He didn't use it. I, so, and they keep trying that play. He's he's not, I, he's just not that player. I think, you know, again, if there's maybe some play action or maybe Pop Douglas is eating you up inside and maybe you get a little bit more room out there, maybe something will pop. But, yeah, it's inconsistent. But that's what he's been his entire career. That's even what he was two years ago when people were raving about him. So, like, and and when we talk about last year, it's important to note that he was partly responsible for what happened last year with his own playtime. Because when he got opportunities, he wasn't consistent. He made dumb mistakes. He had – how many penalties did he have last year? Wide receivers don't get penalties. He had penalties like line of scrimmage, lining up wrong, like stuff like that just can't, can't happen. So I just think he is what he is. 
which would be a nice part of the passing game if he wasn't a primary guy. Here he's a primary guy, so that's a problem. Ramondre, look, I thought I thought week one he was I thought he looked like he was playing sick. He he looked like he had no juice, that he was fatigued. Um, last week, I, I think there's like a level of frustration maybe already. Like, God damn, every time I get the ball, it's like there's n- I, I have nothing there. And I think he is – We I, I love him. I think he's the best running back they've had since A.J. Dillon. But I think he's also one of those guys. Corey Dillon. A.J. Dillon, Corey Dillon. Um, I, I, I feel like he does need a little bit of room to roam, that there has to be a little bit of a, t- a period for him to start up. And that once he gets that little hole – then he's able, then all of a sudden you see the power knocking over linebackers and safeties or whatever and getting to the second level. I don't feel like there's been any of that. So maybe he's searching for it, and that's led to some of the lack of decisiveness in his runs and just say, screw it, two hands on the ball, I'm lowering my head and I'm, I'm getting the one yard. Um, and maybe he's, he's searching too much for a big play. But, yeah, he, he needs to be better. But I think that whole operation has been so bad. Like, they tried to run the ball in the beginning of that game against Miami. And Miami's front that got gashed by the Chargers was like, no, not today. We don't. We're, our guys are going to beat your guys, and they did. So as we wrap this up here in Six Rings and Football Things, I'm going to ask you a simple question. It is mid-September. Long way to go. 15 games, months of action. I always talk about this. We get caught up in – And it's like training camp. You get caught up day to day, and you're like, wait a minute. It's only been three days, and I'm saying a guy sucked or a guy's great. Same thing with the season. When we look back on this, are the Patriots right now – um, spinning their wheels? Are they going down the hole? Or are they laying the foundation for maybe an upward tick when maybe they get a bounce or maybe the competition's quite not quite as good as your overall feel of the team in you know 30 seconds or less? Optimistic, pessimistic, or it doesn't matter? <laughs> I, I guess I still have a little bit of optimism. Yeah, because I think they're going to win this weekend. And you're one and two. And then you're going to go to Dallas and you're probably going to get spanked by Dallas because they're just, I just, right now they're the best team. I and mean, who knows? McCarthy is not the greatest coach. But then that's to me when the season starts. Like you wish you had the Miami game because in my head I had them two and two after the way it all played out in September. And now it looks like one and three is probably the way it's going to be. That's when it starts. You got games against the Saints, the Commanders, later against the Colts that I think um, you have to have. There's no, like, Pittsburgh, these are all games that I think you, well, maybe if they lose one of those, they'll be fine. No, now because of the hole that you might find yourself in coming out of September, those are all games you're going to have to win. And I think when you look at the talent on the other side, you say they they can do it, assuming we see some progress here, but it's, it's going to be a lot of one-possession one-score games. So the team that hasn't been able to make the gotta-have-it plays at the end of the first two games, Mike Giardi predicts later down the line in gotta-have-it games might even make the gotta-have-it plays or just be the more talented, well-coached team and pull themselves out of this hole. We are in a hole, a bunker, Gillette Stadium. There's no windows in the room we're in, but each and every week on Six Rings and Football Things, we're going to bring you an interview from the, the home locker room, not behind enemy lines, behind friendly lines i guess with the patriots beat writers first on the list of course it's week three but first on the list is our friend mike giardi mike from boston sports journal thank you for joining us michael always a pleasure andrew see you